Today we see a beautiful and glorious scene in today's scripture. I love it. It's real. Jesus' clothes became dazzling white. It was radiant. And there appeared Elijah and Moses who died long time ago. Their appearance was not like a hologram. They talked with Jesus. And the cloud overshadowed them and the disciples heard a voice that came from the cloud. Wow, it's a beautiful imagery and beautiful experience the disciples had. It was not something that we experience every day in our mundane life. The disciples experienced something very special. They cannot describe or explain what they experienced with their logic or language. And much, much later, Peter recounted what he experienced on this mountain in his letter. But he had hard time to describe it. There is not enough language that justifies justified their, his experience. The words he used were honor, glory, majestic glory. He tried his best to describe what he experienced. Unfortunately, his words could not fully capture what he experienced. What they experienced, I mean, their response was kind of interesting. They didn't just feel that it was wonderful. They were terrified. When Peter said, Rabbi, it is so good here for us to be here, so let us make tents, three dwellings. But soon, Mark said this. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. They liked what they experienced, but they were scared. Their response was a typical response of those who experience the deep mystery of life. People who experience the deep mystery of life, which they cannot explain, they, their response was delighted, but also at the same time, terrified and scared. They experienced exactly that. My friends, what we see, touch, and experience is not everything. I mean, th uh, this uh, passage tells us that. There are things in life that we cannot explain with the language and language that we use and the logic that we, we operate with. I find that very comforting though. If what I see is everything about this world and about life, my life, then I'll feel hopeless. What I see is that the powerful use their power to exploit the powerless. The strong always look down upon the weak and treat them with contempt. People who are different from those who have power experience discrimination often. This is what I see. But I'm very thankful that life is more than what I see 
and what I touch. I'm thankful that we experience sometimes the mysterious hands of God that take care of us, that strike down the proud, strike down the unjust, and lift up the lowly, the lift up the weak. I see sometimes the mysterious hands of God that do that. God is still working among us, and yet we do not always see God. That's why Jesus told Thomas, do you believe because you see? Blessed are those who believe and yet do not see. Today's story begins with a phrase, six days later. You know, sometimes when you watch movies, they say one year later or one week later. That means what is going on right now is related to what happened to one year ago and, or one week ago. So when Mark said, when Mark began with six, six days later, he relates this story on the mountain with the event that happened six days ago. What happened six days ago? Six days ago, Jesus was with the disciples in Caesarea Philippi. There, Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And then to the disciple, who do you say that I am? That was what happened six days ago. In today's stories, we get the answer for that question. Today's story is about who Jesus is, Jesus' identity. The answer we get, we got, is this. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Mark tells us that Jesus is the son of God. What does it mean to say that Jesus is the son of God? That means Jesus is a presence of God. Jesus is a presence of God in this world. And Peter felt that. He didn't analyze it. He didn't theorize it, but he just felt it. He felt the presence of God. That's why he said, let us build, build a tent, dwelling places. That, that is tabernacle. The tabernacle and the tent is where God dwelled when the Israelites were in the wilderness. And Peter felt that. Even before he heard the voice from the cloud, he felt it. That's Peter. Many times he said things he didn't, that he did not completely understand. Six days ago, when Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? And no one, no disciples dared to answer Jesus' question. But Peter immediately said, you are the Messiah. I don't know where he got that. He didn't know exactly the meaning of that phrase. But he said immediately, you are the Messiah. When other disciples were pondering, well, what, who is really Jesus? But Peter knew immediately. He felt it through his skin. He was spiritually connected with Jesus. No one was that much connected with the environment or with Jesus. 
But Peter was. That's why Jesus loved Peter, even though he had a lot of shortcomings. Mark records three incidents where Jesus was identified as the Son of God. The first one was when Jesus was baptized. Then in today's passage on the mountain. Then finally at the cross. First two times, it was God who said that the son, it was, uh, Jesus was the Son of God. But the last one, he wasn't God. He was a Gentile, a Roman soldier. Identified Jesus as the Son of God. Now, when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was God's son. He started with God. It was God who knew that, Je who had knowledge of Jesus being the son of God, but that there is a movement. Now, at the end, it was not just God, it is the century, the Gentile, not even the chosen one, Gentile knew that Jesus was the Son of God. The Mark is describing the movement, starting from God, starting from God, and ending with the centurion, the Gentile. We human beings now get to know that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the presence of God. And that happened not in the temple, but at the cross. The presence of God was manifested not in the temple, but at the cross. That movement Mark beautifully describes. The tabernacle Peter wanted to build on the mountain was built at the cross. The cross became God's dwelling place. Even though Jesus cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But God did not forsake Jesus. God was right there. The world did not see it, but God was there. My friends, when we suffer, that's a place where God's presence is. That is the message. At the cross, God's presence was established. When we suffer, God is right there. God's presence is right there with us. Sometimes when we suffer, we wonder where God is. But God is right there. When we are insulted, ridiculed, and rejected and lonely. That's where God is. This is what gives us the strength. What we see at the transfiguration on the mountain is beautiful and glorious, but that's not what we experience every day. The more often we experience the cross, rather than the transfiguration. We sometimes have glorious moments, but that's only temporary. Peter wanted to make that temporary experience permanent, but he could not. He cannot do that. 
What we experience every day is not the experience of transfiguration, but of the cross. We face challenges, and our problems bring dark clouds over us. We get bored and lonely by mundane, repetitive life. We worry about the unknown future, and we live with fear, running away from suffering. We are scared of death. But my friends, even in our difficult life, we have tried to pursue what was right. Even in suffering, we have tried to keep our faith. Even in our pain and hurt, instead of turning away from our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, we have tried to bring healing and reconciliation. We have tried to be one. That was our cross. And that is our cross. In their own cross, the disciples experienced the glory of God, which they experienced on the mountain. What they experienced on the mountain, they experienced in their own cross. That gives us hope and strength. Because of God's presence in our own cross, we can now take that cross and march forward. Because at the cross, there is a glory of God. At our cross, we are surrounded by the glory. We may see hatred and division. We may see injustice taking over people's lives. But we will move forward practicing love Jesus taught us. Pursuing the truth and seeking peace and harmony. We will not be divided by our differences. But we will be united in spite of our differences. Our differences will make us whole. We also know that the unity is possible only in diversity. And we will continuously serve each other with humility. There is a black poet who is only 22 year old, Amanda Gorman. She had the honor to recite her poem at Joe Biden's inauguration day. Famous people had that honor in the past, such as Robert Frost, Maya Angelou, and Elizabeth Alexander. In her poem, The Hill We Climb, she said, and so we lift our gazes not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first, we must first put our differences aside. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true, that even as we grieved, we grew. That even as we hurt, we hoped. Yeah, that even as we tired, we tried that we will forever be tied together victorious. When God's presence is with us, the cross 
cannot destroy us. It will make us only stronger. The cross will give us new meaning. We'll realize that the cross is the narrow road that leads to life and to God. Peter confessed that Jesus was the Messiah without really knowing the significance of it, without really knowing what he was saying. And Jesus saw that, Pe Jesus saw that Peter answered it right, correctly, and so finally Jesus said to him, then he began to teach them, the, the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days, rise again. I mean, finally Jesus said it, and Peter did not like what he heard. So Peter even rebuked Jesus. That was when Jesus said his famous rebuke to Peter. Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on things, not on divine things, but on human things. Jesus placed God's presence in our suffering. Jesus placed God's presence in our suffering. The real value of today's story is not in its fantastic and glorious experience. The real value of today's story is that it points to the cross. It is the foreshadow of the cross and ultimately foreshadow of the resurrection. When we suffer, my friends, we are surrounded by God's glory. Lift up your eyes and see not only the darkness of your suffering, but the glory of God in your suffering. Do not see only what divides us, but see what unites us. The place where we suffer, will we will become the place of transfiguration. When you see that, now we can all take the cross and march forward. Let us keep on keeping on.